the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Now we come to this theme in the Lord's Prayer of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or the evil. And then, of course, the conclusion of that. That's great. So we're talking about protection. How, first of all, how important is God's protection in our life? Because uh, we all want to be protected, right? And I think sometimes we think we can protect ourselves. But there's a protection from God that is... Uh, supernatural, right? Absolutely. Going back all the way to the Old Testament, you see the children of Israel, even when they were going through the wilderness, the Bible says that there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, okay? That God was their shield. God was their protection. God was, you read the book of Psalms over and over again, and David, the psalmist, talks about uh, God being his shield and defender, his protector. Uh, it's really uh, sad to think that we, we, we try to do all the defending of our lives ourselves. When we realize that we have a God who wants to bring protection to us and shield us and to doesn't mean that you're not going to face troubles or challenges in life but it means that the grace of God is there to shield or protect you if you learn to walk in certain ways there's a conditional element to this but also a faith element to realizing that God is there to provide that protection because for you. there are things that we can't protect ourselves from no matter how good or smart or whatever we are right and that's exactly what Jesus was referring to here in this part of the prayer lead us on to temptation Deliver us from evil or the evil one because there's a, you know, uh, Steve, it's important to realize that the world that we live in, we tend to think of our world only in one dimension, the world that we can see, okay? And so what's real to me is what I can see, what I can touch, what I can feel, okay? But the scripture teaches us, and and, and it's, it's true. That there's an unseen world that we, there's a world that we can't see, okay, and that's influencing the world that we can see. There's a, there's a spiritual world that is the unseen realm, the invisible world that's just as real, actually more real than the visible world because it was the invisible that created the visible, okay? God's the one that made and said, let there be and there was. And so the visible world is an expression of the invisible nature of God expressed that we can't see but nevertheless is very, very real. And so in the invisible realm, there are forces that would try to come against us, forces that would try to pull us the wrong direction, that would try to hurt or harm our lives or to uh, create bondages in our life. And so we need protection in the realm in which we can't see. That's great. So prayer protects us. And specifically, he says, and lead us not into temptation. Yes. So um, talk about temptation a little bit. Yeah, temptation is, is, is something that comes at us from the realm of the unseen. It also comes at us from our own evil, sinful natures. All of us are sinful by nature and so needing to be redeemed by Christ and having our hearts and lives continually changed through the work of the Bible called sanctification or making us more like Jesus. But temptation is that pull toward anything that is contrary to God's word or God's will. That's the best way that I can define it. Anytime that we're, we're, we're being directed in our 
desires or directed by some external force toward anything that's opposite of God's word or opposite of God's will. That's a temptation, okay? And the interesting thing about temptation is that it showed up very early in humanity, okay? It shows up by the very third chapter of the book of Genesis. Think about that. We're three chapters into humanity's existence. Adam and Eve are in the garden. And the Bible says that there was a serpent that showed up in the garden and tempted Eve and ultimately Adam as well and tempted them to disregard God's word and to listen to him instead of to God and to be enticed to do something that seemed in the, on the exterior to be very attractive and very positive. And the, the serpent used that to beguile or to deceive Adam and even pull them away from God and ultimately uh, to result in their death and their expulsion from the Garden of Eden. And so temptation has that purpose of pulling us off track, getting us off our journey, getting us down a side path that leads us to nowhere that's good. Yeah. And so why does the enemy use temptation and how does he use that in our life? Because we know it's unique to each individual because the enemy knows us, knows our weaknesses, right? And so what is his purpose in tempting us and drawing us away? Yeah. Well, Jesus made it very clear. John 10 verse 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now, this, this is important to understand. The devil has one agenda for our lives, to steal from us, to kill us and destroy us. That's his purpose. And so temptation has that purpose of drawing us into things that are enticing. They look good on the outside, but they are, they are full of poison on the inside. And it appeals to something of our own flesh. And we say, oh, that really looks good. It looks awesome. And that's what exactly serpent did in the Garden of Eden. He made that fruit look so good. If you eat of this, you know, you're not going to die, Adam and Eve. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. Actually, you'll be wiser after you eat this. Isn't it attractive? And so he polished up the apple, if you will, and he shines it and says, here, this is something great. That's exactly how Satan works today. And then the end result is destruction. Yeah. And the Bible talks about how the enemy lures us in two things. It's not all of a sudden. It's not, you know, immediately. It's, it's a gradual process that the enemy uses to tempt us to get us to where he wants us to be, right? Exactly. In fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I was, had the privilege of going on a deep sea fishing uh, expedition uh, for a couple of days. And uh, we were fishing for tuna. And the captain of the boat, I'd not done this before. And so he took the time to teach me how to not only cast the real, but to work the bait. And that's exactly how temptation works. Temptation throws a lure in our direction, okay, and sort of, if you will, gets our attention and attracts us to it. And then we, we bite into the bait, and then he sets the hook and he draws us in. And so there's a luring dimension of temptation. The enemy knows our weak spots, and he goes after those. That's great. And so the, that's where prayer comes in, right? Because uh, most of the time, many times at least, we don't even recognize that we're being tempted, um, we think we're making good decisions in the moment, but prayer gives us the discernment that we need, right? The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is of death, okay? Right. And a lot of things can seem right. You only begin to realize that they're wrong in the light of prayer, okay? The Bible says Satan can come as an angel of light, and sometimes opportunities that come our way that we think, oh, this is awesome, and then we get into prayer, and God begins to help us say, well, that's not a good opportunity at all. That's actually something that's about to lure you away from 
your family or lure you away from your, your relationship with God. And so in prayer, we become sensitized to things that we wouldn't see any other way. And so it's that moment of being able to, again, as we talked about last weekend, bring some reflection on things. And we see things for what they really are in the light of prayer. And some things that really look good aren't that good at all. That's great. So prayer sensitizes us to, first of all, the enemy's presence. And then to the resources that God has for us, right? To the enemy's presence, his devices, his schemes, and then also to the fact that we don't have to fall prey to it. I do want to say something about temptation. Temptation is not sin. It's important to realize. Everybody's going to get tempted, okay? And this is what a lot of people struggle with at times. Oh, I had this thought. I was tempted. But everybody gets tempted. And if you think, you know what, wow, I'm feeling miserable because I've been tempted about something. Hey, that's, that, understand that's a part of spiritual. Everybody experiences that. And the issue is not whether you're tempted. The issue is whether you yield to the temptation. Martin Luther made the statement. He said, you can never keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. Okay, And so temptation is like that bird that flies over your head, a thought that goes over your head. And you thought about this, you thought about that, and you recognized it for what it was. That's not sin. But it becomes sin when you take hold of it and begin to meditate upon it and begin to act upon it. That's when the bird builds its nest in your, in your hair, if you will. Okay, we'll go, so we'll go back to what you just mentioned. Prayer provides us a way out of that, right? Yes. That's where prayer comes in. It's so powerful for us. Yeah, and it's important to realize that when you pray, God designed prayer in such a way to help you recognize temptation and then also empower you. Here's the key to say no. Okay? See, sometimes we don't feel empowered. We feel like temptation is so overwhelming. I don't know if I can resist this. We talk about resisting temptation. You know, I don't normally talk about resisting temptation. I talk about overpowering or overcoming temptation because you, you, the best way to overcome temptation is not, not just to try to push it away and resist yeah. it, but to overcome it by simply saying, you know what, I'm saying no to this and yes to God. And so in prayer, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to see things for what they really are and then to have the grace and strength to say no to that which is wrong and yes to yes. that which is right. That's great. And in First Peter, he says, resist him standing firm in the faith, right? And then can you talk about putting the armor of God on through prayer, how that looks? Yeah. You know, uh, there have been times in my own life, I don't do this every day, but I will do it from time to time. And I think of it, uh, and I think it's more of an intuitive thing for me now, but it's not a bad thing to do if you're uh, learning how to pray this way. And that's to actually pray the armor of God, okay, upon your life every day. That when you're spending time in prayer, in your morning or in your evening, whenever you take time to actually pray, that you actually pray through the armor of God. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me kind of walk you through it. You can read this uh, on your own time. I think it starts in about verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. He talks about putting on the helmet of salvation and then the breastplate of righteousness, having our loins girt with truth, our feet with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. And so you begin to pray through your day. God, I'm praying that today you'd just help me to have a helmet a salvation on my head. I pray that my thoughts would be thoughts that honor you. God, I'm praying for the breastplate of righteousness to realize that today I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That today as I live my life, I want what I want to do what is right, not what is wrong. I want to live this day the right way, not the wrong way. And God, I'm praying that my innermost being would be girded with truth. I don't want any lies of the enemy down on the inside of me that would trick me or deceive me in some way. I want my, my loins, my innermost being, my where, where, where the most 
significant dimension of my being, my vital organs are to be controlled with truth. I want to be living in peace day. Everywhere I go, I'm carrying the gospel of peace. I'm not a divider. I'm not a contender. I'm not a fighter. I'm not contentious. I'm carrying the gospel of peace. I'm walking in good news today. I'm not walking in bad news today. And then, God, I'm taking up the shield of faith that today, whenever the enemy throws something my way that wants to cause me to doubt or fear or worry, instead of letting it find, the arrows find its way into my heart, I'm going to pull up my shield of faith and the promises of God, and then I'm going to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the, that's the only offensive weapon that is spoken of here, that you can use the word against the enemy when he's coming against you. This is not just some ethereal, mystical kind of thing. These are very practical things that you can do in prayer that will absolutely make your life better. I love that. You just painted a great picture of um, prayer uh, as us being spiritual warriors, really. Yes. We're, we're spiritual warriors. We're in a battle and prayer is not a passive thing. Right? Not at all. No, if you don't, if you if you're passive in your spiritual life, you'll be bowled over. You'll be you'll be steamrolled because because the enemy is not passive. The enemy right. aggressively. The Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse eight that we're to be on our guard, alert, because the devil goes around as a roaring as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, if you if you notice a lion in, in 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 the jungle, they're on the prey. They're looking for they're a predatory animal, so they're looking for something to devour. The same is true of the enemy. He's aggressively coming after us. That should not produce fear in us, but it should produce vigilance in us. It should cause us to watch and to be alert. It's exactly what Peter said. Be alert. Watch for the enemy. Your, your enemy, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion. And so prayer is what enables us to be a fighter, to be vigilant, to take a stand, to be firm, whether it be uh, the invasion of the enemy against our own lives or minds or against our families or our finances, that we stand up and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this be something that I'm pushed around with. I'm going to actually take ground here and move forward. That's wonderful. I love that. So there's this dimension that is in the unseen world that prayer just has has such a powerful role in, right? Absolutely. The devil loves to build strongholds in your life, strongholds in your mind, strongholds in your family, strongholds in your kids, strongholds in your finances, strongholds in your business. He likes to get in and mess with things and kind of get a place in there. And you and I have to stand up in prayer and say, no, we're not going to let that happen. We don't want you. We're not giving you access to this. No, in Jesus' name, by the power of Jesus' name, the authority of his word, the power of his promises, the power of his blood, we take a stand against the works of the adversary. When you paint that picture of that, those things happening in those different areas, prayer just seems essential, right? It's prayer is just, it's vital because if that's happening and we're not engaging daily in prayer, then we're incredibly vulnerable, right? Yeah, and, and the enemy is very subtle, okay, very subtle. Uh, notice this, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Paul makes a statement. He said, don't sin in your anger. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And neither give place to the devil. Stop there for a moment. Think about that. He said, make sure that when you're angry. I'm just using one example. This is one illustration of how the enemy gets access into our lives. Just for context purposes here. When you're angry, don't sin. And the way you sin is by holding on to it. And when you don't, when you let the sun go down on your anger, what happens is you retain something of a seed the enemy planted in you, and it's going to grow, okay? In other words, the enemy gains some access when you hold on to resentment, for example. 
And he gets a place in you. And so the next time that something happens in that relationship that caused you anger in the first place, there's already something there that got started before. And so now there's territory that you've given to the enemy that he's actually taken charge over in your life. And so now he can yank on that string anytime he wants to and pull you in a direction and get you off course because not because... God let it happen. You let it happen. I let it happen. We gave a place. And so in prayer, we're sensitized to those possibilities. We also rise up and we reject those. We drive them out of our life, drive them out of our environments. So um, it's possible then for us to have strongholds in our life. So we need to pray for God's protection over over those areas. But then we also need to pray for deliverance because the reality is that it does happen, right? It happens to all of us, okay? There's not a single one of us that at some point in time that we don't find ourselves uh, struggling with something where we gave a place to the enemy. It may have happened. Sometimes these strongholds happen in your life through experiences you've had in the past where something happened, maybe something that created a great amount of fear inside of you or something that created a great amount of hurt inside of you and the enemy got a stronghold there and there's this place in you that you feel so vulnerable, okay? And you feel like, I'm just so weak in that area, I'll never get strong. It seems like this is the thing that breaks me down every time. The enemy wants to convince you that you're never going to be any different. That's the lie of Satan, okay? The lie of Satan is he gets into you and he says, okay, I got you right there. That part of your life is never going to change. You're never going to be any different. You're always going to be an angry person. You're always going to be an addicted person. You're always going to be a hurt person. You're always going to be a whatever kind of person. And he convinces us that we can never change. And the strongholds the enemy uses are in our mind, okay? It's not so much that some demon comes inside of you. I want to break that, that mindset. It's not, I'm not talking about some demon coming and living inside of you. What I'm talking about is a, is, is a thought that is generated by hell itself getting inside of you, okay? A thought that says, this is how you're going to be. You'll never overcome this. This is something that you'll never be able to conquer. You'll always be broke. You'll never be able to be successful. And that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the casting down of strongholds that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And so the strongholds that happen are in our mind. So in prayer, what we do is we go to battle against those thoughts. Jesus said, pray this way. He said, pray, lead us not into temptation. But what was the next word there? Deliver. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. And God, I'm praying that in my mind, that wherever there's been any kind of stronghold of evil that is taking Mm. me down a path that is stealing from me and killing me and destroying me in some way, I'm praying, God, that that, that you will demolish, help me to demolish those ways of thinking in my head that are taking me the wrong direction so that I can head the right direction. And so, again, that's what prayer does for us. It enables us to go to battle against those things. This word deliver is to draw out with force, right? Absolutely. This is not, again, not a passive word deliver it's something that's forceful it's something that you know is is active right absolutely and so and and you have to get active in prayer okay this is why as a part of your daily prayer you need to say god today i'm praying oftentimes i'll pray something like this steve just to get very personal in my own life i start with that uh, hallowed be your name lord i take some time to hallow and honor and bless your name and to worship you for who you are to focus my attention on heaven okay to move from earth to heaven to focus on who you are and now i'm praying that you will lord cause your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my earth 
as it is in heaven. I want to do your will. I want to be, I want you to rule me. And then God, I'm praying that you'll meet my needs. And God, I pray you'll also help me to experience forgiveness for every sin as I forgive others. Now, Lord, I'm now I'm praying that you will deliver, you'll keep me from temptation. Lord, I pray that today, I pray today that you will help me to avoid temptation. Keep temptation away from me. Help me to see it before it arrives. Help me to recognize it if it shows up in my world. Keep me, lead me not into temptation. It's not as though God leads you into temptation. It's that you're praying that you will not be led into temptation, that nothing will lead you down a pathway that will take you away from God. And Lord, I'm praying today that you will deliver me from evil and from the evil one. Father, inside of me, whatever uh, seeds of the enemy that have been planted in my life, I ask you today to drive them from me. If I'm specifically aware, for example, of a thought process that has gotten a hold of me in, in recent days, I'll pray against that uh, in my mind. Uh, and, Lord, and I pray that, uh, that you'll also shut down every scheme of darkness against me, every agenda of the adversary, every plan and scheme of darkness that would be scheming against me or my family or, 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 or and extend that, whatever way you want to extend it. God, I'm praying that you will drive darkness out and let light come in, let truth come in, drive away and dispel the lies and let truth come in. That's, what, that's what's involved in praying that aspect of the prayer. So we get entrapped, uh, entangled in these thought patterns, habit patterns, um, and would you just speak God's word over us in terms of um, it, are there patterns, are there habits that prayer is not able to uh, help us overcome? No, I, I mean, all of us have weaknesses, okay? We're, we're human beings, and so I, I don't want to paint a picture that we're going to go through life and suddenly we're going to be like this perfect, almost even robotically perfect people. No, we're going to always have struggles. We're going to always have challenges. There are moments of weakness that we have, and that's why in our weakness we, find, we lean into God and find strength. But I will tell you this, I will say this, that as you progressively walk with God, you can overcome things you didn't think you could overcome, okay? You can overcome that addiction that you didn't think you could overcome. Now, you're going to need prayer. You're going to need more than prayer. You need the truth of God's Word. You need a group of people that will help you. That's why we have things like Celebrate Recovery and those areas. So you need other resources, but prayer will get you moving in that process. Prayer will break habits you know, you can pray through. Uh, if you have a maybe a problem with anger, a problem with yeah. just fill in the blank, as you pray through it, you can begin to progressively take that territory back and see victory in your life. I think the most important thing I would say today, Steve, is that in prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil so that we would have hope and faith that our lives could be delivered. Jesus is far more powerful than any work of darkness. This is important to realize. That's why we pray this way. We're not just barely going to make it. No, Jesus is far more on, on the cross. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. When we pray this way in, in prayer, we're not praying for victory. We're praying from victory that has already been accomplished on the cross of Jesus. When he died on that cross and rose from the grave, he proved that he was king of kings and lord of lords that no authority. In fact, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so he is the one who rules supremely. And so we stand in his victory. We stand in his authority. And we realize that we have the opportunity to overcome the enemy in our lives in whatever way he may have made encroachments That's upon great. us. That's great. And also, could you help us understand that you know, this is a process, you know? Uh, we've, we've got habits and patterns that we've developed over years. And, you know, sometimes I think we have the, ex the expectation that 
that, that will change immediately. Right. But God, God uses processes, right? Absolutely. You know, there's sometimes in life when you have a deliverance, it's, a, it's an immediate thing. You know, I've had moments uh, in, in my life, uh, rare, not, not many, but I've had some moments in my life where something have happened, has happened in a moment of deliverance. It's like, boom, there it was. It was one way, one moment. And God helped help, help change something in a, in a moment's time. But generally speaking, the deliverances that come to our lives come, Steve, as a part of the process of time. We yeah. keep praying. Yeah. Uh, that's why, as we'll talk about in this series, the power of persevering prayer. I'll get to that later on in the series. But we keep on praying. We keep on getting the truth of God's word in us. We keep in church relationship. We hang out with good people, godly people. We keep coming to church and hearing God's word. And over time, by the days and months and weeks and years, we begin to be, a, truth begins to be absorbed into our system and it drives the lies out and it changes us. The Bible says we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. And so truth is a, is a progressive process of learning it. That's great. So being aware of all these things around us in the spiritual realm should not drive us to fear, but they should drive us to prayer. To prayer right. and to faith. The yeah. confidence yeah. that God will help us to overcome it. Fantastic. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart. Something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.